Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carl's and Sean. We got a, got a good show for you today. Carl's is going to make a promise, or is he, he's going to at least uh, try to make a promise. Well, we'll see if he can make a promise. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm curious uh, how he's going to react. And, and, and here's, here's the promise he's going to make. The Lions are going to play Tampa on Sunday and either get to the NFC Championship game or their season's going to end. So it's going to be jubilation and surreal, the fact that they're going to be a game away from the Super Bowl. Well, the season will be over and it'll it'll be painful. It's been a great season, but there'll be some pain because, you know, they were this close to getting a chance to play for the Super Bowl. So his promise is that he's going to capture that one way or the other. And he's not going to write about the opposing quarterback. He's not going to troll or do anything like that. He's going to write about your Lions and the moment and whether it's painful or, or joyful or whatever it is. Let, let's see if Carl's can make that promise. No, no, Sean. You're the you're the Maven. You're the you're the Sage. You get to capture all the big moments. I'm I just do as I'm told, Sean. And you know, any way I can help support you, the great Dave Burkett, I'm happy to. So, whatever my marching orders are, I will I will do that. I'll leave the big picture, the you know, the the overview, the 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 grand view of, of what happened that's that's your under your purview Sean I'm, no I'm no, just no, there no. In not, support not, role. not the big picture no 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 just the just the moment just the moment Carl's is gonna is gonna take his considerable writing skills and talents and dig into the moment before him and whatever it is whatever it is and bring that and bring that brain power and and we'll see what happens. Yeah, nobody wants to read about Matthew Stafford or anything like that. So you're right. You're right. I'll 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 just do a big nice overview, do a down by down breakdown, red zone, third down, fourth down, quarterback rate passer rating. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that. You want me to you want me to off the side, Sean. You want me out of the way so you can no, 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 the, no. Uh, I want all you the to, juicy stuff. Right? I, I, I want to know what you think about what you <laughs> just watched. I want to know what you think about what you just w- witnessed. I want to yeah. know. Uh, I want your your talents to capture whatever it is because it's going to be a, yeah. a big deal, whatever it is, right? I mean, obviously, a bigger deal if they win, but yeah, yeah. You're that's, just that's having what, fun. I know you're having fun, but I mean, let's not be disingenuous. We're there's a lot of people there. We can't all do the same thing. We all got to kind of spread out like a little army or a little platoon and take we, we do no we do, we what, do what do you want to cover what do you want to talk about and we do but i don't up. we do but it's not fair to me for you to not be able to say here's here's you know here here's what happened and here's what it means or here's what i think or whatever you know what i mean that's not fair for you for you not to have that opportunity that's oh, what i'm yeah. saying no, I mean, we can we can always chime in as, you know, let's put it this way. The the great thing about the the free press is we can do as much as we want. I could be right <laughs> as much opinion and thoughtful and this and that. And my I, this is what it means and big picture and small picture. They'd be happy to take anything from any of us. So I am I never have my hands tied. I hope the the listener out there doesn't think I am. I'm being stopped from doing what I want to do. But I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I found the, the, the Stafford thing to me was such an interesting arc and, you know, covering for so many years and going out in L.A. a few times and all that stuff. I mean, to me, it's just one of the more fascinating storylines we've ever seen in the NFL, the swap of quarterbacks and the picks they got back and the general manager coming from there, all that stuff. It was just it was truly a unique it's a unique situation, unique experience. I don't know if we'll see that again. I mean, that's that's such a cool thing that happened in that game. And if you if you were lucky to be there, I mean, you know, watching the game again on TV, it just it just didn't capture it, Sean. I don't think. I mean, I don't know if you watched the TV replay, but it was it, you could hear it kind of louder, but you just can't. The one thing I would say is like people gripe about the prices of you know any ticket prices and all that. I would say an NFL game, college even college game for sure too. Football is much better in person. You get that the 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 crowd, you know, the excitement, the emotion that just doesn't come through on TV the same way. So, if you were in that stadium, you were lucky to be there. It was a it was a really cool moment. Well, and it was the story of two quarterbacks for sure, right? I mean, part of the reason the win felt so good was because of who they beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't the whole reason. They hadn't won a playoff game in whatever thirty two years or whatever. So. <laughs> 
that was that was the main that was the main reason. But part of it, part of what juiced it up was the fact that it was Stafford. But the uh, yeah, no, the it the, the two stories were Stafford, but and and golf, right? I mean, the way golf was serenaded, the way and I and I think that, that was part cool. Of the, that didn't come across on TV either. I thought no, and I and I think part of the reason that he got he got treated the way he did was because Stafford was there. Yes, you know what I mean. Absolutely. If if, if they had been playing Philly or whatever, I don't know that. I mean, maybe maybe he makes a game winning drive. Maybe he makes a play at the end of the game and wins. And 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 maybe they chant then. But I don't think it's the same. Do you? If if it's Stafford's not, the not there, same, but you know, I, I think we're kind of kidding in the in the press box. Like this is the first and last time you'll ever hear his name chant. I don't know. I think maybe they liked that chant. It, it went out regularly through the you know sprang up throughout the game. Started before show him game, on right? the big screen. I think it'll go up again, don't you? Yeah, no, I do. No, I don't. I don't remember that we said it'd be the last time. I I remember when it happened, leaning over to you and said, I, "There's no way he's ever heard anything like this in his life." Right now, maybe that was a an unfair assumption on my part. But after the game, he said, "Yeah, I've never heard anything like that in my life." So yeah, you just you could you could tell you you could just you could tell this wasn't. And I tried to write about this a little bit. I mean, it's one thing when you've got an athlete who's Who's one of one of the greatest ever? Say, and and they're they're in the midst of winning championships and MVPs and all that sort of thing. You know, people get serenaded then. You know, I, I can remember hearing Michael Jordan's name getting chanted at Old Chicago Stadium because he was in the midst of six titles, and he was a cultural icon or whatever. Maybe maybe I've heard the same with Brady in, in, in Foxborough, but it's different. A wild card game for quarterbacks, you know, never won a playoff game. That's just it's just. That's the point to your to to your point to the circumstances of of the Rams of Stafford of the the history of the Lions. Obviously, it just all kind of came together. You just don't normally see a player get serenaded who hasn't accomplished a ton on the bigger scale in the, in the market that he plays in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, and I think that I mean, you know, you haven't seen it because we haven't seen this kind of a team in this situation, you know, with the longest playoff drought win, you know, victory playoff drought in the NFL. I, we haven't seen this before. And I think the Lions fans seized on that moment, the, the, the magnitude of it and knew, you know, yes, it was a lot of that was because of Stafford and they were, they were supporting golf, you know, and, but and booing Stafford, but I think they understood like this is this is a huge. It's not to 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 the rest of the NFL. It's oh, it's a it's a wild card game. Right. To Lions fans, this is a home, our first home game, and whatever you know, thirty plus year, thirty years, and 30. it's the first yeah. one in Ford Field, and all. I mean, it was just a huge moment. So it, there was a lot more to this game. And I'll be curious to see if that how much that carries over to the second game because now the the novelty is probably worn off just a tiny bit, and it's Tampa. There's no history deep history animosity with them so it'll be curious to see i think they'll they'll be ramped up for sure but i don't know if the emotion will be quite quite the same i just think it'll be different i mean i I could totally be wrong but i i think the emotion will be this i think the intensity level the noise will be the same and just for different reasons because now the what's at stake is a chance to play for the super bowl i cannot believe that we're we're talking about that right but that's that's what's at stake now. Wow. So that's wow. You got a couple. You got to go through 49ers probably to get. No, there. no, no. But that, but that doesn't matter. If they, if they win, they get a shot to play for the Super Bowl, and that's kind of crazy. Yeah, right. That's kind of crazy. I mean, that's so. I think the emotion, the intensity will reflect that opportunity. It's just it. You know, there, there's not going to be the history with Stafford and the trying to break the the streak of the playoff game drought, all that sort of stuff. That's all done, like you say. But now, okay, what's out there? All of a sudden, it's like it's it's a new place, right? It's happened it's happened one time in their franchise in the Super Bowl era. It's happened once, and that was nineteen ninety one. So it it it's new. It's new to a, a generation, maybe two generations of people, right? Yeah, of fans. Yeah, it'll be. I just I love the way this short storyline is shaping up too, right? It's going to be you know Stafford number one overall pick against Goff number one overall pick against Baker Mayfield number one overall pick. And they're going to lose to the to Mister Relevant to Brock Purdy, last guy picked in the draft in San Francisco. <laughs> so I mean, well, they, they could be. they could they could lose Sunday. I mean, we should. I mean, right? They could. They could, but Take. they shouldn't. Well, and I mean, he, yes, yes, and no. Playoff yes. games are difficult, though, right? They're sure. not easy. Absolutely. 
There's no one question. Five is Tampa's won five is six. I was at that game, and and I know both the teams are different. I was at that game back in October, early October, whatever it was, and the Lions struggled to move the ball. Now they they didn't have Gibbs. I want to say Jonah Jackson was out that day, but the 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 linebackers they couldn't run the ball. Now Gibbs maybe helps that. So I mean, Montgomery got hurt early, and it was mostly Craig Reynolds, but they couldn't run the ball. And that was part of it. They got a couple of big plays, one to Jamison Williams. That might have been his first touchdown of his career. I can't – maybe that was his first touchdown. But And another big one to, to St. Brown. It's a, a huge play. I can't remember what quarter that was. But they did not much up and down the field then. Tampa's got one of the better defenses. They're better defensively than than L.A. So, yes, right? Yes. It, it, might, it might be a slog, and Baker Mayfield is playing pretty well. It's kind of a sneaky, scary game. For the for for the Lions, yeah. I mean, you know, you get to this point in the season, and you're you have to be playing well. Now, Philadelphia did not play well, so it's they are not great a great barometer for how good or whatever how convincing that win was. But the Bucks did play well. I mean, I think just objectively, you know, they moved the ball. Baker played well. The defense, you know, held held. I mean, Jalen Hurts in check and. You know, everybody's banged up to some point at the season. I think Hurts was a little bit sore. So, but Mayfield's also dealing with some stuff. Um, so, but they, 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 I think they opened a six point favorites. The Lions, you know, playing at home should be a pretty big advantage. Um, the Bucks are hot. I think they've won what seven of their last, um, six or seven, I think, in the regular season. So now eight of the last nine. Um, I want to say they're six, 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 six or seven because they were nine and eight going into the going into the game. Yeah, they won seven of eight of in the regular season coming in, and then they. No, I'm sorry. This is the Rams. I'm sorry. I was looking yeah, at the Rams. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say well, the no, Rams were hot too. I, That's the thing. The Rams. They, that was the scary thing, right? The same thing. The Rams are hot, and it's like and look at that game. All right, look at that. Look at that. Look at the game. Yeah, it came down to the came down to the, yeah to the very no, end. absolutely, and, and it, it's and not going to be a shocker. It won't be a shocker if this one does either, right? If it's a fourth quarter game, yeah, it should. It, yeah, I wouldn't expect it to be a blowout, you know, if the Lions win. So it, it can go either way, but this would be this would be a disappointment if they if they vanquish Matthew Stafford and then they lose to the Tampa Bay. What are they? What were they? The fourth seed, I guess, right? Because they won their division, so. Uh, that would be disappointing, but it could happen. Of course, anything can happen. You know, the Cowboys can lose, you know, to the Packers can happen. So, uh, but I, I would, I would, I mean, wouldn't you think they're, they should be the pretty clear favorites? I mean, it's hard to pick against the, the Lions well, right no, now in this they're, game. They're, they're, they're favorites, but games like this, just if you're a fan of that team, if you're, now the Lions themselves, the players themselves, I, I don't think you're going to be nervous, but it's just, I think they understand how difficult this is going to be, how physical Tampa is, how well they've been playing, um, the way they match up. Sometimes it's just about matchups. You know, I'm, I'm, like I said, you know, the Lions run the ball well. The Tampa's probably got the best run defense, one of the best two, three run defenses in the league. And that, that uh, makes it trickier on golf. Now, golf had a pretty good game at Tampa and threw for, I want to say, a season high in yards. And, and a couple of those were big plays, though, right? But, I also remember Baker Mayfield missing, just barely missing Mike Evans, maybe even Chris Godwin, maybe Palmer at one point. You know, there were what we've seen the last few weeks. Tampa had the, from the opposing passing games. Tampa had that opportunity, and they just couldn't quite connect. And so they only scored. I want to say six points. I don't expect it to to, to be held to six points again. I mean, all the, the Lions are going to have to make some plays. So yeah, I don't think this is a walkover at all. They can obviously win. They're favored to win. And you're right, it would be a disappointment. But I think the disappointment would be more that they're so close to the NFC Championship game. Right. Not like, oh, my God, they collapsed, choked, or whatever. They're playing a really good team. I just I just don't buy into that at this point in the playoffs. I mean, right? You know, I mean, maybe I guess you miss a field goal or you throw a pick. Well, it depends how they lose. Yeah, if they get blown out or whatever. But, you know. Hey, if they, they lose by double digits, I think that's that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, no, that that would be. That would be. Unless it's a late, you know, 10-point game and it's a late score or whatever. But yeah, no, it's uh, if they if they're not in the game, like if Tampa right. comes in and controls the whole game, that'd be surprising. Like and what I, they I did think, to Philly. 
Yeah. And I think you said Gibbs wasn't in, I don't think he played in that game, you know, earlier. And and Montgomery got hurt early too. Yeah. And that's a, it's a different run. It's a different, not only run game, but it's a different offense with Gibbs now. He's, he's playing at a different level. We've seen him grow and and get better. You know, I, I think he's, Clearly, the better running back over him and Montgomery. I mean, it's it's a good it's a good duo to have. But Gibbs has been become the the dominant running back, the guy that they need to lean on that is explosive and makes a lot of things happen. You know, obviously Laporta showed up. I mean, he he you know his his presence you know got a touchdown pass, but he was able to to get through that game and you know contribute. That was a big thing for them. So right now, I think they're they're the Lions are pretty healthy. Um, you know, they've got momentum. They're going to play at home. That's a huge advantage. I mean, they 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 couldn't really ask for much more right now. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, CJ Gardner-Johnson's back. You know, I mean, it's just things are breaking their way right now. And maybe they get, maybe just, they get James Houston back, right? Maybe. It's possible. It's possible, I guess. Like Campbell seem, has not seemed to indicate that he's close, but maybe. And that's something they would definitely need is they still need, you know, they still have to rely on the blitz so much to get some pressure on the quarterback, you know, and Baker Mayfield has ability to escape. We saw it in the, in the field game. We've seen it, you know, even though he's got some, I think it's some hurt ribs, you know, he can move around and he get can. a few yards and either get a first down or come close to it and make third down manageable and all that stuff. So, and he's, he's got a, you know, I like his game. I mean, I really like how, you know, aggressive he is, how, how you know, emotional he is, how he makes things happen, makes plays happen, keeps plays alive. I just don't think they have the offensive power that the Lions have. So, if it turns into a shootout, um, the Lions would probably have the upper hand, kind of like they did with the Rams a little bit, um, you know. So, I, I it's, it's, there's nothing at this point. You know, I think the one the one lock you probably think you know is San Francisco over Green Bay. That that should be a lock. But, oh um, man, <laughs> yeah. I, the way the way know, Jordan Love's been playing, I don't know. I mean, who knows that defense? That defense though is just, and you're playing in San Francisco. That's that's going to be tough. But yes, sure, anything can happen. Um, you know, I mean, I, I would say who who knows what's going to happen here, but they. The Lions have a great, great opportunity in front of them. It's not a lock, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting with this game because they know what's at stake. You know, I mean, Tampa's what three years removed from the Super Bowl. You know, from winning the Super Bowl. I mean, it's yeah, no, they've got some Super Bowl players on their team, right? I you mean, know, yeah, players on their team, but they themselves as an organization have won it, and it's not like this is this is our only chance we've ever had. And, you know, I mean, they've been a very good team for a while, different regimes and all that, different coaches. But, but yeah, it's going to be it, – it's there for the taking. They they don't really have an excuse unless something weird happens in the game. But they're – they would they – would, this is their moment. This is their moment to get to the – to get the, to the NFC Championship and have a chance, like you said, to go to the Super Bowl, which is crazy to say, but – it no, here. it is really it is crazy, and that's the thing. It's just the opportunity. It's it's uh, you hate to say historic because it sounds like you're overstating it, but but you're, we're really not. I mean, it's just it's just kind of the reality of how the the last several decades have unfolded for this franchise. So so to be at the doorstep, it'll be one win away from that opportunity. Obviously, San Francisco has been the best team in the NFC all season. You know, the Cowboys, I guess, had a, a little bit of a run there, but the, but the Forty Nine ers the most complete team in the NFC. And have been they've been the best team in the NFC all season, and you wouldn't expect the Lions to be able to go out there and do that, but you never know, right? So, so you want the chance. You you want the chance to go out and see what that what that's like, what that feels like, what that takes. Even if you lose, you know, the, then you got that. You got that in your memory. You know, you, you've you've been through that. You see you see where you need to get better. You know what I mean? I think that's all valuable too. Yes. Absolutely. And that's a good point of, you know, it's in their memory and it's now on their resume. And if it's not this year, that's something they can potentially build toward, you know, we were close and that you see that teams, teams don't get there right away necessarily. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time and you learn, you learn from these experiences. 
teams change, you know, obviously the Lions are almost certainly going to lose Ben Johnson and, you know, things will change in the coaching ranks. But, but yeah, as an organization, you know, certainly the head coach, the GM, they're going to learn something from this. And, and they do, they talk about it all the time. If you lose, you know, you, you, you lose, you beat the Bucks, you go to San Francisco, you get, you know, you don't, you win, you lose handily, whatever. And you learn about that. And what do you learn probably is they have a dominant defense and we had a great offense, but we just couldn't move the ball and it's hard and we're going to have to do something about that defense. You know, it's going to underscore the importance of doing more, either, you know, changing coordinators, adding more players, whatever it might be, changing some position coaches, whatever it might be that you need to do to get your side better, to match, match what that team is doing if you meet them again. Because we could see that. I mean, the Lions and the 49ers, you know, they they could be now, you know, the teams to beat going forward for a while. Brock Purdy's young and, you know, uh, if the offense keeps going at this clip, uh, even without Ben Johnson or something close to it, you know, you shore up that defense with the Lions and you could be the you could be the power of the NFC pretty easily. Well, notwithstanding what's happening, what's what could happen in Green Bay? That's the pro- that's the problem. Right? If, if Jordan Love is gonna is gonna turn into what he's showing flashes of right now, that's a that's a scary thought. But that's a different thought. Although, who knows? I mean, uh, we could be talking a week from now about Jordan Love coming in here. I know that's crazy to crazy to say. Or we could talk about the end of the season. I don't know. All these possibilities. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun, and it's certainly not boring, right, Carlos? It's a fascinating time to to be alive right now, Sean. Especially if you're a Lions fan. Yeah, no for for this area and this history and the, just the emotion of everything and the, you know everywhere you go, it's they're the, they're the talk of the community and that's it's it's amazing you have a a, a college team with this brand and as big as Michigan win a national championship for the first time since 1997 and be overshadowed <laughs> by. By a team that just won a wild card game, but it's that's exactly what, what's happened. It's it, it's it's fascinating. But let's take a break and and talk about that other that other football team here and their coach a little bit. You wrote a column. You have some thoughts on Jim Harbaugh, some some life lessons. You like to dole out your life lessons. So we'll do that on the other side when we get when we come right back with more free press sports with Carlson Sean. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlson Show. Carlson, I can't believe you got me defending Matthew Stafford. I mean, the the the, the cap backwards cap wearing, you know, <laughs> this this guy. Look, I, I'm not going to say anything about his character. I don't know him I, privately. Whatever, none of us do really. I, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say a word. You know, he's very very good at keeping that to himself, and more power to him. A lot of people are like, it's like it's like Matt Damon. Matt Damon, uh, I saw an interview with him one time. He's like, hey, if you know anything about me, then you're not going to believe you're not going to believe what I'm doing on the screen because you're going to know too much about me and you're going to be distracted by that when you're watching. And not only that, I just want my privacy. And I've I, to me, Stafford's the same way. Just, anyway, I can't believe you. You got me de- de- defending him. That's I guess just how, that's just <laughs> that's just how it goes. All right. Yeah, the Lions are the big deal. But, you know, what Michigan did was kind of a big deal. They won a national championship. And and now the question is, is their coach return or not? And I'm curious, when you sit down and write a column like you did this week, I can't remember what day you wrote it, that saying Jim Harbaugh needs to – basically saying Jim Harbaugh needs to stay in Ann Arbor – what what do you what are you feeling in that in that moment? Are you feeling like you you have something to to offer that he hadn't thought of? Are you feeling like that's just the the, the role of the the job? I'm I'm genuinely curious when you write something like that, where where that comes where that comes from. I worry that he's making the wrong decision to go back to the NFL. I think that his he belongs at Michigan. You know we we talked about it for years, right through all the through all the Rich Rod era and the Brady Hoke era and, you know, like just that you, was it ever going to be Harbaugh? It should be Harbaugh. You know, there was a minute about less miles, whatever, but, but it always seemed to be pointing, you know, all roads seem to lead to Harbaugh and he's finally here and he's finally done it. He owns Ohio state. He wins a national championship, got to the semifinal last year. You know, it just seems like this is what, 
this program has been waiting for for a very long time. You couldn't ask for something better, a former star player for them. And it's here. And, you know, you know, I, I, frankly, as a, you know, just as a whatever fan or observer, I'm sick of the stupid SEC winning all these titles and Alabama and whatever and Clemson and what, you know, it's just like another conference needs a chance. And, you know, yes, Ohio State has won some, maybe in a, other another conference and another not Ohio State, you know, spread it around. And I think Michigan is one of those just blue blood programs in college football. It's good to see them, even if I didn't live here and I'm not from here, you know, really don't have many ties to Michigan, but it's good to see it. It's good to see that. It's good to see that that story kind of, I mean, like Steve Spurrier kind of a little bit right with Florida and a Heisman Trophy winner and all that and getting them a title sort of like that was. And, you know, I think the NFL and the column, you know, talked about how teams, coaches, executives, whatever, they, they, when they get to the Super Bowl and they lose it, like he did, you know, a few years, 10 years ago, whatever it was to the, to his brother, when the 49ers lost to the Ravens, that hurts. And that's, there's an emptiness there, a void because you got so close and it's something that, that, that hurts, you know, as a competitor as a whatever. And I'm sure it bothers him. And he probably, it's an, it's, it's something he wants to, to redeem but I don't think it'll matter. You know, I mean, I mean, I think if you look at your and he has a complicated relationship with the university because of the all the different things with flirting with the NFL and now the NCAA investigations and stuff. And but I just think he belongs at Michigan. I don't I don't I see, you know, and one of the things he, he's so far as we're recording this, he's interviewed with the L.A. Chargers and the, the Atlanta Falcons and NFL teams just don't have that you know, loyalty to their coaches, the fan bases don't, they just, you know, it's, it's, it's rare to, to be appreciated. Even if you, I made the comparison to the Rams, you know, they won the Super Bowl two years ago and, and they have such a lackluster following and interest in Los Angeles. Part of it's the market, but, you know, obviously the chargers would be even worse. They're the stepchild in LA. So, yeah, at least hopefully he goes to a team that would appreciate him. But I just think I'd, I'd rather he's 60. I don't see him going to the NFL for three, four, five years, not working out and then trying to come back in his what mid to late 60s, either to Michigan or another college program. You know, it's just like just just it'd be nice for him to stay put, build his legacy, win another, maybe one, two national championships. That would be that would be an amazing legacy to leave at Michigan. Yeah, it would. I think his legacy is set, though. I mean, I, I mean, he's surpassed Bo Schembechler. He's done something Bo Schembechler could never do. Has he passed or surpassed them? Though, I mean, Bo's like a like a god at Ann Arbor, even though he didn't. Not to anybody title. under forty or fifty. I mean, even maybe fifty at this point. There's I a mean, hole with a statue outside of it. I yeah, mean, but, uh, but no, Fielding Yost is a building name after him, and nobody knows that. Nobody remembers that. It's just at this point, yeah, he he did something Schembechler could never do. But has he done, I mean, is he Lloyd Carr? I mean, you know, Lloyd Carr won one too. I mean, he wins two and he's a god. He's becomes. Well, he's Lloyd Carr both. won one, but, but he had to share it and it, it wasn't, it wasn't as hard to win it then, you know, as it is, as it is now. I mean, what Harbaugh just to be harder. Yeah. And now, now it's going to get even harder. Mm-hmm. Right. With the 12 team, 12 team playoff and how much harder the Big Ten is going to. Is going to become because of the expansion and just kind of getting through that. So, no, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think his legacy's fine. I think it's, it's set. I mean, yeah, you know, you win a couple more, maybe it changes a little bit. But, I, you know, what's interesting to me though, and maybe this is a little bit too much inside baseball. But what's interesting to me is the idea that, like, I was thinking about this when I read your column. Like, I can't imagine writing a column saying Steven Spielberg should go do direct plays. You know what I mean? It's 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 weird that we do this. It's weird that we do this in sports. Like I think of sports like I do any other sort of creative endeavor. And and we're the critics. And that's been we that's been around as long as we've basically had civilization. But we usually just comment on the work. You know, hey, what what they what the, the job that they're doing, that they direct something, that they what their acting performance was like, what whatever, what how the novel is written. What the paintings like, what what the offensive schemes are like, you know, or can they win, or can they get a team ready, whatever. 
there are millions of things to talk about. But only in sports do we write, well, he needs to go take this job. I know what's best for him. You know what I mean? It's a, and you're not the only one that does it. It's a, it's, a, it's a really odd dynamic that we feel like we can say, well, I know what's best for your life. We would never do that with anybody. I mean, we don't even really oh, do that. Of course, we do it all the time. We do. It with, we don't even do that much do. with people in our own life that, unless they're really close to us. And I mean, obviously, parents do that with children. Maybe siblings do with spouses. But like you and I have had conversations before about our careers or whatever we're doing, but it's usually because we ask the other. You know, you don't just come out and say, well, Carl, I think, I think you should do this. It, that, does, that doesn't come unless there's, well, what do you think? And but for whatever reason, in this weird little one little space, and newspaper columns, in the sports pages, we feel like we can say, "Here's what's best for a complete and total stranger and their life." We're not talking about is he a good coach or not, or should he be fired or not, or you know, hey, he needs to change this, he needs to recruit this kind of player and get away from this kind of, that kind of player. It's it, don't you think it's kind of? I mean, it's just that little thing. It's an it's an interesting exercise that we feel the freedom to to say, I know what's best for you when I don't even know you. I would disagree with that, Sean. I mean, you know, I know you read probably movie criticism and stuff and people talk that about that all the time, that this role is not suited for this, you know, actor or actress, you know, a director stepping into a different genre, maybe shouldn't, you know, food criticism, I'm sure gets the same thing as somebody opens up you know, whatever, Michael Simon's known for pork and he opens up Japanese fusion and it doesn't work, you know, maybe he needs to stay in his lane more and, you know, I, people do it all the time. I think in politics, right, same thing. This person shouldn't really be running for president or, you know, whatever. They're not suited for a certain maybe executive office. I think we do it all the time and, but it's part of it. It's part of the, it's, you know, I don't think we're writing this person's a bad person or a good person or whatever. It's It's just, what it, what suits them within within the scope of their profession or their their career arc or whatever what 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 would be the best for them where do you yeah, see I don't, it i don't i don't think i don't think we do do that i don't think we say what's the best for their life i don't i don't think we do that at all i think we say well wow, he's not doing or she's not doing a very good job cooking this and we leave it at that i i, I don't think we do that in other areas i think it's unique to our trade it's just it's it's sort of fascinating you know and i think it and i think it's it there's it comes out of this back when newspapers carried i mean were the major voice in any particular city or region and columnists became sort of a, a voice of a community almost like a paternalistic voice and a lot because let's face it there were no women doing this it was all men so it was it was a kind of almost a part of a patriarchy in a way it was the idea that you can sit there up, up, I'm not saying you particularly, but we would sit there up on high and say, this is what's best for us. It was very pedantic. And, and, and for whatever reason, it, and, and there used to be city columnists like that too, maybe. We don't really have that so much anymore, but we still have it in sports. And it's just, when I see it now, it's, it's like, oh, it's, it's interesting. Because again, you're not talking about whether he's a good coach or not, right? You're talking about what's best for him. And that's such an interesting thing to say about somebody you don't know at all when you think oh, about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's best for what – I mean, it's like when you're talking about what's better for their career, not for them personally. You know, of course, you don't know but who the, they but are. But that kind of bleeds you know? together. You're not saying what's best for Michigan, which makes – right? No, now that, right? Hey, here's what's that's best for the Michigan football program. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And we, and we, and we all do that to a degree. No, but I, I, I read that and I just thought, and I started thinking about the history of that and the role of that and, and just how, if, how fascinating that is within our little neck of the woods, our little, our little sort of turf. Would you feel that we still do that? I mean, and it happens in the media too, you know, I mean, when people high profile sports reporters, you know, switch to something else. You know, I mean, I remember Stephen A. Smith, he had his own show for a little while on HBO. And, you know, I think he got a lot of criticism for it for, you know, is this really suiting him? Is this the right thing? I mean, Jamel Hill, former co-worker, right? When she was, she had her show on ESPN, you know, people were wondering, you know, is that the right fit for her? And, and you know, viewers chime in, you know, I don't like her, I do. And there's yeah no that for many. sure that that's it that's the thing I don't like her I do I don't like what she's saying I don't like she's, she's, they're just talking she, about 
she's not she's ruined or ruined sports center whatever she's not whatever yeah but it's yeah it's usually it's usually a reaction to whatever somebody's producing or creating right or or leading and nobody cares what you know what's good for for your life or what they don't know but i mean if someone told me you know hey you're better suited for for whatever you know picking up garbage rather than writing columns you know like yeah okay that's your opinion you know you'd, you'd rather her oh i used to like the way you wrote whatever you know features or something or you know you're not suited for this like yeah i know they don't they don't give a they don't care what what i need in my life and whatever professional development or challenges and this and that they just think oh he i like this stuff in another area better than what he's doing now no everybody makes judgments in that way no they they do but it but again it's not like you say you worry about his legacy or you worry about what's you know we're talking about what's best for him and i just find that interesting i i just i just find that interesting because for me like i said i could i could do that with the with with the people that are that i'm close with if they ask me i mean obviously you, you you do it with your kids when they're young but but the role of a parent is is to sort of stop yourself from doing it as a parent as they get older. You you still give them your opinion and you tell them what you think. But as they get older, you try to give them your opinion and tell them what you think when they ask you. You know, you're, you're not trying to tell them how to live when they get older. I mean, you're telling them how to live from the minute they're born until for however long. But part of the job as a parent. So, it's just, it's interesting to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. The idea that, that it's just, it just fascinates me. Yeah. It's interesting. I agree with you. So, in any case, I, whether so, let's talk about whether you know whether he's going to go or not. I mean, we, we we don't know, right? He's done this for the last few years. He's now interviewed with the Falcons and the Chargers. Hard to see him going to the Falcons because of the quarterback situation. But who knows? Maybe he sees something. He obviously sees the game at a much different level than we do, and understands uh, potential and so on and so forth. His his brother made an interesting comment the other day. Jim John Harbaugh, the coach of the Baltimore Ravens, obviously, who and of course he's biased and it's his brother, so take it with a grain of salt. But he said, "Look, there there are few coaches right now that are better just team builders, that just go in and know how to build a team." And I was thinking about that, and you know, you can dismiss it if you want because it's his brother, or you can say, "Okay, that makes some sense because he's done that wherever he's been. He's got a, he's got a record of it. There's 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 proof in it." So. You know, it seems like if he goes back to the NFL, he'd probably have some success building a team again. What do you What do you think? I think so. I mean, I think he the, the the question with Harbaugh is just, you know, how well how well his coaching and his methods translate, and because things things change quickly in the NFL. You know, players, their appetites, their way of doing things. How and every team's different teams respond different ways. You know, the culture in a building, if it's not the way that suits a coach, then you've got to change it. That can't be easy necessarily. Um, you know, I mean, you had something, I mean, it, you know, one ex- one little thing was like Matt Stafford was, you know, his wife got in trouble because she mentioned earlier this year in the summer, I think it was, that, that Stafford had complained, kind of mentioned, you know, that, it's harder to connect with younger players now because they're all on their phones. Like they don't be in the locker room talking as much as they used to. And, and he's what Stafford's like 35, he's not an old man, you know? <laughs> and, you know, maybe Harbaugh is more used to it because he's in the college ranks and does nothing but deal with young players. <clears throat> but you never know when the connection is going to be hard to make and how he's going to work with the front office, you know, and ownership. So, that's ultimately that's kind of what the problem was in San Francisco is he just didn't meet eye to eye with the general manager with ownership. It was a strained relationship. Harbaugh is unique. He does things his own way, and you know, to me, to me, his I I I think he would be a good coach. My my gut says that. My gut says he knows the game. He's he's you know. Uh, performed at a very high level. He's obviously at a high, the highest level he can be in college. I don't doubt that, you know, he can, I, I would bet he gets damn close to a Super Bowl, if not win it, wins it. But does it work within the organization? Because the difficulty of being a head coach is you got to manage down to your players sideways, laterally with your GM or your, your personnel staff or whoever I'm being, then up with ownership and team president or whatever it is. 
you got to handle all those complex relationships. And as we've seen with Harbaugh, you know, with San Francisco and also at Michigan, you know, it hasn't been the smoothest, you know, when he's had to deal with administration or ownership or whatever it is, he's not built that way to be a yes man. And uh, we're all on the same page guy and whatever. He does things his own way. It works. To me, the best situation for him would be if he went somewhere and basically was given personnel authority to make drafting decisions and cutting players and whatever, like the GM's just a functionary who will execute his personnel wishes. So, I, I don't know if he can get that. I mean, he'd have to I don't he, I don't know if he's at that level, if there's anybody. I mean, maybe like it's not going to happen now, but Steven Ross with the Dolphins, you know, he would probably give him that. But obviously, you know, Mike McDonald's there. He's entrenched. That's not going to happen anytime soon. But I think he would be. I mean, don't you think he'd you think he could get back to a Super Bowl or have that kind of level of success? Yeah, no, I, I think he could take a team that, that was out of the playoffs, get back to the playoffs, and then from there, you got to get a little bit lucky. But those 49er teams that he – help build and shape. I mean, obviously the the GM was there and got the talent, but I just remember those I remember thinking of those teams as just physical and tough. I mean, they were a hard hidden group, weren't they? I mean, obviously took a chance on Kaepernick and that and that worked out. But but and that was important for sure. And but Kaepernick played really well for him. But they were just a menacing group. And that's kinda like what well, these wolf these Wolverines we, we this sort of got overplayed. Not overplayed, but overlooked for a lot of the fall. People were skeptical because of the early schedule and how weak it was, and just this whole—it's different college. The whole SEC Big Ten dynamic, the 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 not the prejudices, but the sort of the built-in ideas that we have about where players are from and how they play and what it means if you're wearing an Alabama uniform. But it turns out Michigan had the most physical team in the, in the game in college this year, and we didn't realize it until they were blowing Alabama off the ball in the Rose Bowl, and that's you're like, oh. This is different. Well, and then they did the same thing to Washington, more or less. So that's how I think of Harbaugh. For whatever reason, he's got some kind of uh, ability to get this. It's like he changes the the structure. He, it, there's some kind of alchemy going on. And I know it's not just him. It's, you know, what college it is because he's recruiting too. But at the pros, you got to have a general manager to get the talent. But there's something about him and he goes someplace and the way those teams start to play. They just get physical and tough and and nasty to a degree. His, his, and he's done that wherever he's been. And he's got a gift for that. It's, it, it, it comes out of him somehow and ends up on the field and his players. And I would bet that's not going to change if he gets back to the NFL. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, to me, you know, and that's where in a way, like I think the Dolphins with Steven Ross as the owner would be the perfect match because he would let Harbaugh be Harbaugh, I would imagine. Like he's smart enough to know this guy's built a little bit differently, but he gets the most out of his players. There's a toughness toughness in these teams that's sustainable. You know, you just can't, you're going to have to let certain things go. And I think to me, let me ask you this, Sean, how big of a mistake would it be for Michigan to let Harbaugh go to not, I mean, supposedly there's a report from Dan Wessel and Yahoo saying that there's the working on, there's discussions about putting language. They've already offered him a new contract, but there's, he wants language in there that basically protects him from being fired in case the NCAA investigation, you know, whatever comes out a way that the regents or administrators or whatever don't like it, that he can protect himself from being fired. I mean, how do you think, how big a mistake would it be for Michigan to not say sure, whatever you're 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 fine. We we want you as a coach, even if you get suspended for another half season, full season, whatever. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on who's making that decision. But I mean, yeah, they, they should do what they can to keep him, and the money's already there on the table. And and I saw that report too. I think Michael Rosenberg, former former colleague of ours who worked at the Free Press, works for Sports Illustrated now, made it, and who knows Harbaugh pretty well as well as probably anybody can know him in the media. He made a really good point the other day that, that beyond even just the, the practical matter of, hey, have my back in a contract if the NCAA comes down on me, you know, more. He wants to feel wanted, that there, there's a psychology there. He wants to feel wanted, anything else. That contract clause is part of it. But on the grander scale, he there, there's something in his personality where he wants to feel wanted and, and that he'll go like wherever that. Yeah, mm-hmm. It, that he'll go wherever 
No, but it's it's different with him, right? Because he's different a little bit. And there's specific things. It's I mean, a lot of people understand they're they're appreciated and wanted without having to be hit over the head. You know that from working in a newsroom. You know that from working in journalism <laughs> where so where some people some people need to be told a lot more than others that they're doing a good job or that their stuff is good or whatever, you know. It, it's just yeah. different. We're all, we're, we we all have different sure. needs needs Absolutely. that way. We, we, I mean, we share it. Everybody wants to be appreciated or whatever, but it, there there are degrees and there are levels to it, and his is pretty high, according to according to Michael. And and I just I thought that was a really good point. In the end, he's going to go where he's wanted. And I know that sounds it's like an oversimplification, but I totally understand what he means by that. But they're all going to want him. It's just different. It's different levels. I think that's that's obvious. That's I I, I I'm I trust what Mike would write about that and what he would think. And you know, very close to the, to Jack and you know Jim to some extent, but and to John even to a degree, yeah, yeah, and and you know, but it's all just you know different levels. I mean, if they're interviewing for a job and if it's you know, if the Falcons are interviewing you, but they really want Bill Belichick or whatever, you can kind of feel that, right? Or absolutely, if the Chargers yeah, want you, like you can feel it. Coaches, even through a Zoom interview, this is it. We want you. This is what's going to happen. Justin Herbert, you're going to this, that, 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 bop, you know, whatever. You know, we have this. We're going to build you. You know, whatever. You can feel that, and he hopefully he's feeling it from Michigan beyond just the money and the contract. He has enough people. I'm sure he does. I'm sure there are people at that university and administration and whatever and athletics who are like, you're our guy, we're going to make this happen. It's going to work. You know, I hope that they're smart enough to not just say, here's the deal. Here's a language, you know, we'd love to have you back, Jim, you know, just sign on the dotted line and that's it. You know, he needs to feel some assurance and some, you know, level of, of belief really. Is that what it, what it comes down to, you know, belief, loyalty, appreciation, all that stuff. And it, and it's been a little bit of a bumpy road with him. It's a fairly bumpy road, not a little bit, but a bumpy road with him at Michigan. But I hope they just I can't imme- I can't imagine. I mean what you lose you lose Harbaugh, where is Michigan go now? Do they bring back Rich Rod? You know, I mean, what do they do? You know, they, they gotta go start over and we're gonna go back into the the dark ages again. They probably hire Sharon Moore. I mean, you, you just—I mean, who knows? That's a—that's a different story, a different conversation. What what they would do, but I, I would imagine they'll do everything they can. And if it's not enough, because he ultimately wants to go to the NFL or he has an opportunity in the NFL where he feels like it's a great fit, they want him. He wants to see if he can get back there and do that. Then there's probably nothing Michigan can do. So I don't know. It would be fair to say it was a mistake if that's what he wants. You know what I mean? Oh, if that's what he wants, there's nothing they can do about it. Absolutely. You know, I do I do get the weird feeling, like I wrote, that he will go back to the NFL at some point. Um, I, I also think that Michigan does have a decided advantage of having him already. You know, he's there. He knows people. There's a lot of people at that university in the, in the athletic department to be able to say, you know, you're here. We are not going to let you go as we know. You know, in any business, you know, our business for sure in journalism, there are people who they make decisions. You know, I have an opportunity to go somewhere else, but sometimes it works out that your, you know, your current employer can say, hey, you're here. What do you need? We appreciate you. And you can keep your talent around. It happens all the time. And there's a, there's a strong pull to stay where you are. If you're generally happy, if you're successful, it's not always the grass is greener. So I would imagine Michigan does have a chance, you know, and a slight advantage to keeping him. But like you said, yep, if he the strong if the pull's way too strong and whatever, they're off. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. Right? It's hard it's to hard know. It's hard to know. He's, it's impossible. He's interviewing. To know. Only he's interviewing knows. though. He's interviewing though. And yeah. that tells you something. That he's interested. He wouldn't interview if he wanted. I, I don't think it's a leverage play. There are there's an offer on the table to make him the highest paid good coach in, in the game in college football. I don't think it's leverage, man. Unless it's leverage with the contract and one even more assurances. I guess it could be that, but but I think he's interested. So there's well, that. I think it, I think it is leverage to some extent because and it's not it's smart. It's a smart play because you know when you interviewed with the Vikings and what did he he swore up and down right 
I think he had a hand on the Bible when he talked to Mitch Album or a colleague about this is it. I'm not doing this anymore. This is my last quotation. You know, I'm going to be faithful, all this stuff. And, and, and I so. right away next year, boom, he's interviewing with yeah, other teams. You know, so. Because it's, it's out there. It's, it's just, it's, it's out just, there. But it's, but it's also because, I mean, honestly, he's been treated in a way that he probably doesn't feel has been entirely fair from Michigan, having to basically take a pay cut. He, and he, he might, you know, might, like, yeah. so I'm going to sure. keep this on my side over here. And on my side of ledger, I'm going to let you know there's interest. And that's his kind of protection, right? Of, and, Unfortunately, this is just how it has to work sometimes in, in all businesses. You're only going to get raises and whatever if you threaten to leave or remind people that, hey, I have other options, by the way. And then people are like, oh, suddenly the, you know, the pocketbook flies open <laughs> or whatever. Your contract language no, that's, changes. That, that's very true. That's very true. I just don't think this is all a leverage play. I think it's generally interesting. No, it's not all. But a little bit. Genuinely, genuinely interested in the NFL. and Both these guys. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think the Chargers would be a great fit. They could use, they could use some toughness and they got a quarterback. And, and if he goes there. Go to the games. Uh, but if with him, he'll change the calculus. So his presence will make them more interesting. And, and, if they, and if they start winning with him, he'll be a celebrity. That town loves celebrities. And, and he's gorky and different, whatever. I, I just... I think he, he could be somebody that could actually change that that franchise a little bit. I don't know if they'll do it or not because, you know, there's a there's usually a price to be paid a few years in to your to Unless your, you to win your Super Bowl after Super Bowl with the Chargers, it's it's not going to happen. That's just that team, that franchise is just awful. It just, it just doesn't have the it, – it, it is, but it's an area that loves celebrities and uh, obviously. and But he's not he's – not, He's not – the only reason he's really a celebrity here is because he's Jim Harbaugh in Michigan and he played here and all that he stuff. He was a celebrity and, before he got here. He was a celebrity no, coach when he was at the 49ers. No, yeah, no. he was. No, he was He got not. national and, attention the, all the time. Of course he was. No. no the, you talk to the media there. He was not beloved. He was not – he was – that to be celebrities have nothing to do to with being beloved. It's nothing to do with I mean, being beloved. And don't forget the 49ers, they they really support their team there. I mean, they their 49ers fans are 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 really loyal and and into it. And he was appreciated, but I don't think he was he didn't reach celebrity status. You know, don't forget there was a guy named Bill Walsh there, you know? Like he's, Dude, he's he was no, never no, going to no, be Bill no, Walsh. Uh, 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 no, again, 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 again. Oh my goodness. He was a, he was one of the most famous football coaches in America when he was with the 49ers. It had nothing to do with being beloved. Nothing to do with replacing Bill Walsh in that market or anything else. He has been a celebrity. I'm talking about the Paris Hilton was a celebrity, right? That there's nothing to do with whether you're beloved. That town, that part of the country, and I shouldn't say just that because we're the whole country's like this, especially that part of the country. They they are interested in famous people. And I, I did grow up there, as you know, and it that's fleeting. It for a minute, it, it'll be like, oh, Jim Harbaugh won a national well, that's title. That's what I just said. Oh, Jim Harbaugh. It'll last a few, it'll and last a few years. How quickly that dissipates. People will not care very quickly. No, they'll only care if he wins. I mean, you know, the, the, nobody cares about USC football right now. But when they were winning and they had the, the most famous running back in the country and Pete Carroll was doing his thing, whatever, they were like they were like the biggest sports stars in town. But that, that also, was, USC and, was the Cadillac program. I mean, a football program, actually, even when even when the Rams were there and the Raiders, USC no, they just were had a winning history, huge because history there. they had the running back with a smile who was electric, and they had this coach or whatever. They were famous, and they won. Now you have to win to be famous, right? But they, and they, they were fun. Hand, they were super. And it went hand in hand. Pete Carroll was a dynamic coach, and he did something that was very rare in college football: was he opened? He had unprecedented access to himself. I remember, I remember going to his, I remember going to practices there. Yeah. And yeah, no, Harbaugh's was, not going to be that. He's, he's shut down. He's closed off. He's like, but they were, but they were stars, you know, and, and that's how you get noticed there is you, you, you got to be a star. Now he'd have to win to do that. But if Carol and Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart and Lindell White and all those other players, all those great, great players he had were all at UCLA, it would have been the same for UCLA. It's not, it's it, the Jersey doesn't matter. It doesn't. Wait, what did you say? You said that all that stuff would have been if the same P, with UCLA. If Pete Carroll had been UCLA's coach 
and Lendale White and Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart and all that, Carson Palmer, if all those players had come to UCLA with Pete Carroll and they had won at the same exact same thing, everything else was the same, and they were the most dominant dynamic team in college football, it would have been the same. Absolutely not. Do you think if Harwell was a coach at Michigan State, it would be the same? And he just won the national championship? Yes. Would he be as famous a coach? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> he absolutely would be. Mm-hmm. If he had come okay. from the 49ers to take over at Michigan State and had won and ends up winning a national championship and getting in trouble with everybody, yeah, absolutely would. All right. It's about winning. No, Nobody it's not. knows it's who about... the Detroit – No, the Detroit Lions have been an afterthought nationally for years. And now they're not. Why is that? Because they have an amazing, they have a great coach, but also they have an insane fan base that's been waiting for this, and they're super. But what's said different? It times, Why have they been the an best afterthought? fan base? Probably right up there with the with the Cleveland Browns, who are dedicated and have been way too patient. But there's an no question; fan base. it's a great fan base. But that's not why they're known and talked about nationally right now. It's because they're winning. Yeah. That's and they it. have a really fun, interesting coach. And people that's are fascinated. Part of it. The number one thing, you know it when we go out and, they're and a fun team. and stuff. They're, people they're, ask, they're what's Dan Campbell team. really like? They're a fun and team to watch, right? Well, I mean, that's the other that way. No, no, no. It's, it's, I heard this uh, few, uh, from a few people, national people in the press box Sunday when they beat the Rams. They're, they're a fun team. They're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. They're good and they're, and they're fun to watch. USC was a blast to watch play football. They were electric. It had nothing to do with being USC. It had everything to do with the way they played football. That's it had just, a lot just, to do with being USC. That's just how, not, not for the rest of the country. It had to do with Reggie Bush would get the corner and he was, it was just, it was, there was nothing else like him in football. You know, it didn't translate know, to the, didn't translate to the pros, but. It, it's like, so to me, the difference a little bit is that when you get when you have a great team, right? But you also make it easy for the media to come in and see your team and talk to your team and 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 showcase them. That takes you to a different level. You know that's why Alabama under Saban is has wasn't the same because he didn't have that level of of you know charisma and fun and openness and access. You know that I mean USC was a unique time under Carroll. That was, it's, you're, it's going to be hard to ever see that again, probably. But I'm yeah, just saying that the Harbaugh thing, one it, the- it will, it, it will, he's not going to change that franchise unless he wins Super Bowl after like repeated numerous Super Bowls. He turns into Bill Belichick or something, maybe, but it's just not going to be, it, he, he can't make that much of a difference. He'll be for sure the novelty, Jim Harbaugh. And then once people go to his first couple of press conferences, it's going to be like, Mm, this guy doesn't. He's a tough. He's a tough. He's got to win. He's got to win. He's got to win. Yeah, but even that's, then, that's, that's he won in San Francisco, right. and you know, they're the, yeah. They're, and he was, you know, and he was one, and he was one of the most fascinating coaches, coaches in sports. You know, for better and for worse, whatever else you thought. Because what you say at the top of this segment, you know, he's different. Well, whatever word you want to use, quirky, eccentric, whatever, that makes him interesting. You know, to an extent, yeah. No, it makes you interesting. It's a, it's, it's, it's a celebrity thing. And it goes with winning, right? It's just, it's just kind of how the world works. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. All right. We, we've we've we got to take one more break and get back to your favorite thing, which is obviously not celebrities. And even though you grew up in celebrity town, didn't you? Phoenix, yes. Maybe that's... I was thinking Rancho Cucamonga, mostly because <laughs> I just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take, let's take one more break. We'll be right back with uh, more free press sports with Carlson Sean. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlson Sean. It's that time of the show. It's Carlson's favorite thing. I'm all ears, my, my brother. All right, so my favorite thing was it was from. Uh, about a week ago or so, when I was in LA last, I guess it was last week. I was in LA. No more LA stories. One more from my from my hometown, and we were we'd been there. Sean, you'd been there with us. To, we were there together in November when they played the Chargers, and there were some shoes I was trying to buy, and so just, just 
just leather sneakers. I'm touchy about my feet. I, I complain. My wife always says it's you know like a princess about my feet. I have not weird feet, but a wide kind of foot. And so I'm always between a somewhere between a I'm probably a 10 and a quarter. And sometimes, so that means I'm a 10, a 10 and a half or 11 sometimes. So I'm out there and we, you know, we'd been, we'd spent the week in, in LA and then there was, there happened to be a shoe store and the brand is, I'm just going to say, so if you're curious, it's called Koyo. It's a, it's a Italian, you know, shoe manufacturer and they're just online because they're in Italy, right? So whatever, you can order the shoes, try them on, return them, whatever online. Well, it happens that they have, I, as we're leaving LA, I realized we're staying in Santa Monica. They had a shoe store in Venice, which is like right next door, like a three minute drive from where we're staying. I had no idea. I could just gone there, tried them on and bought them. So, I was, what I was most looking forward to going back to LA for the Rams to talk to Stafford and them out there was I could get my chance to go back to Venice and go to that store and try on these shoes. And I did. And the minute I get on the, on the road from LAX, it's a 15 minute drive. My GPS stops working. I don't know what's going on. It doesn't know where I am. So, I'm trying to figure this out old school. Yeah, but you're from there. You don't need a GPS. Well, I don't know. I haven't been to the store before. So, I don't know every every side street in LA. But so, I figured it out. It takes me twice as long. It takes me 45 minutes to get there. I'm all over the place. Finally get there. Go to the store. There's a, store, there's a little sticker on the front. Back in five minutes. <laughs> Back in five minutes, so the person there had to whatever run an errand. So I've got to. I'm like, this is just not, and it's going to close in about an hour. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to be this close, and I'm going to miss my chance. And the store, by the way, is about an hour from where I'm staying in Thousand Oaks. I'm like, this might be my only chance to come here. And luckily, the guy came back. I had I tried on the shoes; they fit great. And I finally, Sean got what I wanted. That was my favorite thing. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. And I was thinking, and the whole time, you know, we talk about all our little, I've mentioned this before, like all your rooting interests, whatever. I was like, wow, if they play the Rams, I could go back to LA, maybe <laughs> go to that store. It was such a dumb, like petty thing to think about, but it made, it made my week in LA, no, which is a really not, fun time. That's not petty. That's not petty. We're going to have to have an off-the-air conversation about the definition of petty. <laughs> that is not petty. Looking forward to buying a pair of shoes is pretty petty. That's not petty at all. It's just like Stafford <laughs> wasn't petty. We are going to have to – we'll have a conversation. Listener, I want you to know Carlson and I are going to have a conversation about what petty is, you know. And, uh, and because him wanting to get some shoes is not petty. It's just wanting oh, to get some shoes. You. Yeah, that's not petty at all. Stafford wasn't petty. Stafford didn't deserve the booze. Stafford was totally. You know, it, 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 there, there's some subtlety going in there with the with the, with the booze. By the way, with Stafford, he, he didn't deserve the booze. You know, he can expect the booze. He, it, 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 of course, they were going to boo him. But saying that he deserved the booze, I don't know if he deserved the booze, but he had to expect them. And I think there's a difference there in the phrasing. But that's another story. Uh, but yeah, no listener, Carl's and I are going to sit down and maybe 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 have some lunch. And we're going to talk about the fact that if he thinks him getting some pair of shoes, some cool shoes he's been thinking about, is somehow petty. Okay. Yeah. We got to work through that one. We, we definitely got to work through that one. Because that, well, of course you did. And you should have. That's not petty, though. That's not petty. All right. My favorite thing is it's simple and it's quick. I, that, I've never, never experienced anything like that in my professional life as I did Sunday. I've I've been to World Series. I've been to Super Bowls. I've I've seen teams win championships on home courts. I've been to Final Four. I've been to NCAA championship games. And I was at a national title game a week ago, week and a half ago, whatever. The the atmosphere at Ford Field, the history, the uh, connection of this team, the Lions to this city, the way this city sees itself, the the the, the way the Lions if they see themselves, the way the Lions fans see themselves is the kind of the way the city does. Uh, what what it meant? You mentioned earlier Stafford coming in, but just all that in play. I've heard since from people that that watched from home and saw the overhead shots of how good the city looked. The fact that Mike Tirico was on the broadcast, I heard that clip at the end, and Chris Collinsworth sort of threw it to him and said, "Okay, what does this mean?" Because he lives here, so he has some sense of what of what it meant beyond just a wild card win. Other like like you say, Carl. So other markets like what? It's a wild card game. What's going on? No. There were there were people taking the ashes of their parents. I mean, maybe just one. Jeff, our colleague Jeff Siles, working on a story about that, right? There was, you know, all all these folks crying around the stadium. 
you know, some because of the game itself, some because they grew up going to the games with their dad and their dad wasn't there and their dad died last year. I kept hearing story after story after story about all of this. I just, I've never felt anything quite like that. And, and maybe you're right, Carlos, maybe it won't be like that when they play Tampa. Maybe, maybe it won't. But, uh, but I've never, I've, and I've been to a lot of amazing, I've been blessed, a lot of amazing sporting events over the years, never felt or seen anything quite like that one. And it was deep. And it was because of this area and the, the state we live in, the, particularly the city we live in, work in, and the region we live in, and how we see ourselves and how other people see us. That game was about that. And, and you could feel it. And yeah, that was by far my favorite thing. Totally agree. Great, great observation and totally agree. It was, and they did, and by the way, Lions did a fantastic job with that presentation with the light things, those they did. bracelets, it was all that. It was a, they did. They do a very good job with their presentation overall, but this is a different level. They, they, they really did outdo themselves. They did. They did. And, and you and I are going to, at some point, we'll see if they win or not. If, maybe if they don't, but at some point, we, we, we ought to talk in another podcast. We need to talk about the owner who has made a lot of this possible. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Who's changed, who's changed some things and, and wanted to change the feeling in Allen Park to start and then went from there. So, mm-hmm. and we're talking about Sheila Hamp, of course. All right. Good to see you, my man. I'm glad you got your shoes. I don't like it that somehow you felt like that was petty. I don't, I don't. That makes me sad. I don't want it's you like to feel that way. I want, you, I want you to enjoy them. Well, I'm enjoying them. You deserve them. You deserve them. You know, I don't want you to second guess. You know what I mean? You deserve that. It's it's something that matters to you. It's good. All right. Let's get out of here before I lose my voice. It's good to see you always. And can you thank the people? Yeah. Let's thank. Humbly. Uh, humbly the most non-petty person I know is Robin Chan, our producer. Quickly, quickly followed by our also non-petty people, our executive producers, Kirkland Crawford and Anjanet Delgado. And the least petty person that we know, we have to say this under our contract, is editor Nicole Avery Nichols. But obviously, the most non-petty person, right, has to be the one listener who gives us their time every week. Right, Sean? (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely right. Thanks for for joining us. We're grateful that you stay in with us even when we uh, go a little bit long. What could we do today? Forgive us, but hey. We had some historic stuff happen in the last couple of weeks with the national championship and then the first playoff victory in 30, 32 years. So, you know, give us, give us, maybe you'll cut us a little bit of a break here for going a little bit long. All right. Obviously, you find us where you find your favorite podcast, Spotify, Apple, Radius. When you get there, subscribe. Let us know what you think. And uh, we will be back Sunday evening after the Lions play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the divisional round. And uh, yeah. We'll see what happens. They're going to be either on the verge of the the Super Bowl or the season's going to be over. But fun stuff either way. Absolutely. Look forward to it. All right. Me too. See you soon, bud. And talk to you all soon.